Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, January 1st, 2007. Happy New Year, everyone. Hello, everyone. This is Mike, and on behalf of Mark and I, welcome. And once again, Happy New Year. So what are we going to start the year off with? Well, nothing less than the exciting topic of reviews in a matrix organization. Now, whether you like matrix organizations or not, and uh, Mark and I don't, the fact is, though, that many of us manage within one. If you've done it for a while, you've probably adopted the matrix review cynicism syndrome. What's that? Well, if you ever thought about asking for performance review input from someone else, and then you said, nah, that'll just probably blow me off. Well, then you've adopted it. The fact is, in far too many places, even if your company requires a dotted line manager to add input, either no input is forthcoming or what you get is not very helpful. Oh, and, and please don't tell us you wanted examples of behavior with the reply. In this cast, the first in a series of two podcasts, we talk about what to do when you have to give a review to one of your directs when you live in the matrix. And uh, no, you can't fly in this matrix. Here we go. partner, I like that little bit you added about not being able to fly the whole Matrix the movie thing. That was good. Yeah, I have my moments. <laughs> well, we're gonna, let's avoid uh, any further discussion of the film The, the Matrix, because uh, uh, this is a serious topic this week. Oh, you're serious, huh? Yeah, it is serious. You know, I, I think you and I agree that Matrix organizations are, you know, they, they make things harder. And even though yeah. we solve some problems... Um, they mess others, and performance reviews is one of those areas that just become a whole lot more difficult. I agree. If I haven't said it on air a hundred times, I know you get sick of hearing me say it over and over again, and we get questions on matrices all the time. And 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 um, I think sometimes people, if they, if they have never heard the phrase, or if they're a new manager or young, or they're not a manager, or they're in school and they don't know matrix, if they've ever heard dotted line, oh, I have dotted line to him. That implies it begins to imply the the makings or the 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 raw material of a, a matrix organization. Um, uh, but look, if you can't get managers and directs and their directs to communicate well, which implies, well implies frequently, um, how likely are we to get that to happen with somebody who doesn't review the direct? Uh, it's already hard enough to make that happen. And then we're saying, oh, by the way, you're going to have magically great communication with someone else. And, and so if you're not having frequent communication about performance as opposed to just specific project tasks usually um, with someone who's not your manager, Explain to me how much value their input to a review is going to be. It's just, uh, I just don't see it. Yeah, not much. I, I think your experience and my experience both is that you know, matrix managers don't uh, often do much at all to contribute to the to the review process. Yeah, I actually think I blogged about this a while back about everybody being so busy, right? Oh, I, I'm too busy to do that. Um, of course, when they were the direct, they'd wish that their boss would have done it, but now they're visiting the same misery on their directs. Um, 
And, and and then, as we've talked about before, this particular problem in a matrix organization is horribly exacerbated by everybody doing all the reviews at the end of the year. If you've got 10 directs and then you get requests from five other managers to provide input on those with whom you have dotted line relationships, it's just not going to happen um, because of that, that bolus of stuff you've got to put up with there at the end of the year, beginning of the new year. Yeah, so in typical fashion, we have some recommendations. Yeah, indeed we do. <laughs> we have eight recommendations, which generally we're going to talk about in chronological order. Um, we do start with one caveat, and then, as, as we often do, we're going to end with one neat little bonus point, um, but we're not going to reveal it in the intro bullets. So I guess technically there are nine bullets, eight of which we'll, we'll go over. So first of all, we'll start with that caveat about not building a case. Uh, a caveat, we're not building a case. And then the eight that we'll preview are going to be, first, you make monthly or quarterly asks uh, of, the, uh, of the dotted line of the matrix manager. Um, uh, we're going to talk about the employee bearing. Number two is the employee bearing the relationship burden, which may actually surprise some people. Number three is sharing your final process. Number four is we actually you go ahead and ask for input. Uh, number five, you ask for behavior every time. Number six, you decide when to stop listening. Number seven, related to number six very closely, do not delay no matter what. And number eight, share your results with the matrix manager. And mystery number nine, which we... Yeah, mystery number nine. That's right, mystery number nine. That's what we got to call it. Mystery number nine. That sounds like a Beatles song or something like yeah, that. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm not sure why. Yeah, <laughs> revolver, right. Um, so Okay, so let's, let's address the caveat first. You know, in light of our opinions regarding the likelihood of good feedback, you know, there's, there's probably cynics out there who are going to assume that none of this is going to work. So making these tasks and keeping the matrix manager informed is really just making a case that we did what we were supposed to do and our yeah. actions put the burden on the other manager yeah. if anything goes awry. Most would probably think this would fall under the category of CYA management, uh, which is pretty common in many places. Yeah, but we're, we're not doing that, though. No, no, we're not. And, and if you're a cynic and you want to label it that way, then fine. Fine, right, yeah, but yeah. But this is the way it's done by the best managers we know. They don't do it to build a case. They do it because they want to genuinely give the other manager every chance they can for fair input so that their directs get the best feedback and future guidance. You know, Yes, they know it's also an insurer's policy. That's not how they think primarily about it. Right. Great managers do things right not to indemnify themselves, but because it achieves better results. Yep. And the indemnification is just an unintended consequence. You know, um, that was <laughs> part of that was well said. Um, you know, I, I, I think we wrestle with that sometimes. I, I think uh, sometimes some of what we what we talk about, people say, well, yeah, that, that's what I do if I had the time. I said, well, you know, yeah, and if you take the time now, your life will be a much easier on the other side of this. Um, and I, I, let, me, let me just do a, a brief mention. You used the phrase CYA. Um, that is... Um, U.S. language, that's uh, American lingo or jargon, for cover your backside. Uh, so for those of you international listeners who don't know what CYA is, that's, uh, that's an American uh, um, colorful phrase uh, that says, do this and you won't get in trouble. Uh, yeah, what I want to know what the uh, um, Australian equivalent is because I think they got the greatest 
Oh, they saying do. Oh, phrases. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Aussies always have very colorful, and often, because it's in a different language, you can get away with it here in the States. Um, one of my favorites for a long time was the British phrase, bloody. You know, bloody well this or bloody well that. Uh, 30 years ago in Britain, bloody was just about, was a quite vulgar word. And now, because it's not one of the truly banned words, you can say it as a as a modifier quite easily. Uh, now I'm sure we'll get a hundred emails from our from our well, members in Britain saying, "Oh no, you're wrong," and here's the subtleties and so on. My well, favorite, I, I, my favorite uh, overseas uh, uh, international uh, colorful phrase is a Kiwi phrase, a New Zealand phrase for "hurry up," and 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 the phrase is "rattle your dags," which I will not describe the the <laughs> genesis of, but it is. Classically good. <laughs> Rattle your dag. Rattle your dags. Yes, I learned wow. that uh, in New Zealand twenty five years ago. Well, that would. I don't know. I think most people here in in the states would probably come with some other wrong meanings associated with that. But anyway, yes, we'll, yes, just, right. <laughs> yes. right. Okay, where were we before this international colloquialism? It, it, it's my foray. turn to walk through the boring steps. I think. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, how about those boring steps now? <laughs> yes, exactly. Valuable, boring, and not CYA. Um, okay, first, number one, make monthly or quarterly asks. Well, obviously, pretty simple here. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right to the bottom line. Create a recurring task in Outlook or whatever other software you use. Control-Shift-K for those of you longtime members. Um, for any matrix manager of any of your directs, Asking either monthly or quarterly. We'll talk about that in a second for their input. Um, control, control Shift K, contact Bob for input on Joe's review. It's as simple as that. And then when that pops up every quarter or every other month, or every month if you feel necessary to do that, uh, you send a quick note, you know, hey, Bob, uh, I'm getting ready to, to make some notes on Joe's performance in the last month. Uh, if you've got any thoughts, please let me know. Um, uh, if you're really going to do it right, send them the review form quarterly, the actual review form, and ask them to take the time to fill it out. If you don't think that'll work, probably because the form is going to seem like a burden, and if they're not a manager, tools manager, they may think, what, you do a little review every quarter? Uh, actually, yes, I do. It's it's what great managers do. Um, they'll <laughs> yeah, probably really? Think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Some Someday they'll see a light, and, uh, and they'll come around. Um, uh, they're probably going to see the form as a burden, and, and so you won't get anything. But but here's a technique I've used. Uh, send them the whole form, and when you get a no or no respond, no response, send another mail. Tell them you understand how busy they are, but couldn't they just spend 10 minutes writing a note describing the direct, your direct's performance, ideally with some examples? And you'd be more than happy to fill out the form for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, this is, um, that's even better than the, the way I had it in my head, but you're absolutely right. Part of the, the, the technique is actually called, this technique of, of asking for a lot and then settling for something less with a second ask is called rejection and then retreat. It is very effective. Um, I actually started using this technique after reading Influence by Richard Cialdini. By Cialdini. Um, and look, if they still say no after you've dialed it down a notch or two, they're probably saying no to you and not the employee anyway, um, and you're probably not going to get that much from them. And and to be frank, that's okay. Um, uh, we want their input. 
we're going to ask for their input because we want it. Um, and if we don't get it, we can't make it so. And we're not going to spend a whole lot of time gnashing our teeth, worrying about this, you know, cursing them under our breath, ruining any relationship we're building. We're just going to let it slide. Right. And um, this is for sure. If you don't ask, you won't get yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I almost wonder... When managers tell me, well, yeah, I'm really too busy to, to even ask. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Let's, you sit at your keyboard. I'll sit at mine. And we'll have a race to see how fast we can type. Hey, Bob, can you give me some input on Joe? <laughs> um, maybe it takes you 30 seconds to find the HR website to copy a blank of the, of the review form. But you can even leave that off if you want to. But, yeah, you're right. If you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. Now, why? Um, go ahead. You, been, you mentioned getting them um, or asking quarterly. Uh why quarterly instead of yeah. annually well, or six months? Or I hope if we ask this, 75% of our longtime listeners, um, and that would be a barely passing grade, would know why I ask quarterly because every quarter I'm going to sit down with my folks and give them what amounts to a miniature annual review, a performance review, based on the quarter. That makes my end-of-year process way easier. I'm only recording stuff from the last quarter in terms of gathering data. I just keep my data as I go all year long, and it just makes it easier for me. Um, now, look, there's a further good reason for doing this more than once a year. Yes, you can simply ask right before the time you're going to do an annual review. The reason you might want to ask more often is that many matrix organizations change more often than non-matrix organizations. Um, so in the course of a year, one of your directs might support many people serially throughout that year. Um, you may need to ask more than quarterly if there's input to be had from six or seven or eight different matrix managers as they move from project to project. Look, I'm not going to ask 10 matrix managers to fill out an annual review, but I still would take the time to ask for input. And this is a case, you and I have talked about this before, alluded to it before, that the system of everybody do reviews at the end of the year, um, particularly in major organization, makes for very, in my opinion, very soft, very weak, very ineffective uh, reviews. Um, because you lose a lot of time if somebody was matrixed out during part of the year and it was, it was any time up until September, you're just not going to get good detailed feedback by waiting until the end of the year. And if, if one of your directs, Mike, works for me and he worked for me until June and you're asking me in December and, he, and, and your direct has been replaced by somebody else for whatever reason, the chance I give you anything worth a, worth a flip six months later to, to say nothing of the fact that it's 12 months after he started working for me and the matrix is just a, a joke yeah um, it ain't gonna happen yeah but, so hey, let's address something right now that uh perhaps a, a few people have in their minds right now and that is asking for and getting feedback from these matrix managers is not the same thing as blindly using it i really feel like we we don't make it clear that Anytime we ask for input or we go talk to somebody, we, we want input, we want to talk about feedback, or you know, we're, we, we ask for feedback from other organizations, or we reach out to create relationships. And for instance, when we talked about, uh, I think we had a cast recently where we talked about uh, jump-starting internal customer relationships. Well, <clears throat> um, uh, just because you go ask doesn't mean that everything you hear in that process is true or even if it is true effective to know or for that matter helpful or even after that valuable 
Um, I, I, I think sometimes we need to do a better job and we encourage people to think about just because you're getting information doesn't mean you're going to use that information, but not having information you may want to use is a sin when it's as easy to get as simply asking and, and getting somebody to say, sure, I'll send you a couple of paragraphs. Um, there's an unspoken step here that we, I think we skip because we could, every cast could be two hours, right, partner? I mean, um, and the skip is really called using one's judgment to evaluate the input you're getting to determine how and or whether or not to use it. There, there are all kinds of reasons to be thoughtful about other managers' inputs. Um, m most of which, I, I think, we, we, if you just project out, I think most people would come to the same conclusion as that I've seen happen, which is um, sort of the standard mistakes associated with reviews. Um, um, I worry a lot about matrix situations where the only kind of input you're going to get is with poor performance. That's that. That's when a matrix manager will say, yeah, listen, I need to tell you some stuff that this guy or this young lady's not doing well. Um, so that worries me the most. Um, on the other hand, the value of asking regularly is it does reduce the chances of what we call the recency error, which is getting a review that only focuses on November and December because that happens to be what's in their head. If you ask more frequently, you're much more likely to get data to get information from an earlier part of the year. But you may, in fact, get information from the earlier part of the year, and even though you have it, you may not use it because you only have a limited amount of space, and while what they're telling you validates what you already know, you have better behavioral evidence, which makes a stronger case in the review. So you're not actually going to use what they told you other than putting it into your head and reinforcing the comments that you're already comfortable making because you're able to make them because you have the data in front of you. Yeah. I, I think I was just on a soapbox for a minute there, wasn't I? <laughs> but it, but you, a good you, soapbox, you did. Though. I think you brought up a really, really good point. I I, um, I don't think we think it ta we talk about that enough. Um, and, and we... We're lucky. We have thousands and thousands and thousands of smart listeners and members, and we assume that when we're suggesting that they ask, that there's a filtering step in there that says, okay, now let's evaluate what it is we've heard, and let's uh, consider the source in, in, in some cases and the recency and all that sort of stuff and whether or not I have data to support it. If you get data that's wildly divergent from what you know, don't assume that you're wrong or they're right or or whether or lacking that kind of validation, don't assume that what they're saying is necessarily helpful. Um, you just don't know. Um, and, and thinking and being judicious and using judgment, I think, are impo an important unspoken step. Yeah, and I, I, I think hopefully people got the, the point that this is, applies not only in review situations but life in general. For, yes. you know, for example, if we implemented every single piece of advice we got relative to our show or to our website or to oh. discussion forums or whatever, that's, that's all we'd ever be doing. We wouldn't be we wouldn't be doing any podcasts because there wouldn't be time. So um, it's great to get feedback, and a lot of it, even even a lot of great suggestions, just can't be done. Um, yeah, well, there's I, just so much time in the world, you know. I think there's a cast for managers, particularly those with internal customers, or for that matter, those in customer service. Uh, and I think for a lot of our information technology managers, uh, this would be true on on separating the act of listening from the act of creating action and and related to that the ability to accept feedback and to say thank you without any implication of future action 
um, because not every piece of feedback requires or not every piece of information or conversation or anything else requires an action step necessarily other than appreciation. And it goes into the, uh, the, the growing pile of evidence toward course A or course B or course C, um, none of which the person who's sharing their information with you may, may know about necessarily. Yeah, and so there's the mini cast within the cast. Yeah, there is. Very it's, nice. It's, it's, it's a puzzle. It's, yeah. it's, it's a <laughs> multifaceted gem of a but podcast. There you go. And, and <laughs> mystery number nine to boot. <laughs> so, so we'll back out nine levels and yeah. return to <laughs> Matrix okay. Reviews. Number um, two. Number two. The employee bears the relationship burden. I, I actually think this is the most important recommendation of all of them. Um, we believe the reason the reason the matrix evaluations fail is the direct and the manager think the burden is somehow on the direct's manager to to have a relationship with the matrix manager, or worse, it, the burden is on the matrix manager to be doing all this stuff in 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 uh, in silence behind the scenes, so to speak. The only way I've seen it work is to put the burden, the responsibility, on the direct. You, as the direct's manager have to remind them regularly to seek and maintain a relationship with their matrix manager. Um, and, and I will tell you that when they do that, when you do that, the common response you're going to get is the same thing your directs gave you or the, or the managers tell us when we start talking about one-on-ones. Oh, I talk to him all the time. Or I talk to her all the time. And, of course, our response is, yes, that's on the project. Yes, it's on the work. But there needs to be a relationship. Uh, and if you're hearing a subtle hint that it wouldn't hurt your direct to suggest to their matrix manager, I sure would like to have one-on-ones with you, yes, absolutely, that's something that will help this significantly and increase the chances that you get good, detailed, behaviorally-based feedback that helps you write a review that helps them helps your direct improve the next year. Um, but, you've, again, you've got to remind them regularly to seek and maintain a relationship with that matrix manager. So they'll get that feedback and guidance because they'll be building a relationship. If I feel I don't have a relationship with somebody, I'm much less likely to go out on a limb and talk about feedback. And quite frankly, the the the, the review process so many places and and it, it is weak. And, and and the the regard with in which uh, or the regard in which that. Um, in which reviews are held, it was so low that the idea that you would even share feedback, even if you had it and were willing to talk about it, that you would share it associated with the cast is probably uh, share it associated with the review is is really pretty low. Um, um, you know, it's better for them to have a professional relationship, which again is more than just talking about the work. The value of them having a relationship, obviously, is that improved input, but really. That's even a secondary result of the improved relationship. The primary result is better operational day-to-day success on the project that they're working on. Just like everyone who's doing one-on-ones out there listening says, yeah, I get better results from my team. They get better information from me. We operate better as a team when we do one-on-ones, when we communicate, when we when we work on the relationship. And Mike and I are both engineers, and we both came to this the hard way. We just, everybody, we just wish everybody would line up and do things the way we tell them to do when they tell when we tell them to do it and it's just amazing how that doesn't seem to happen you've got to have something else in place to develop the relationship one-on-ones is certainly some way to do it if that new if that if that matrix manager won't do that for you that's okay um 
but that doesn't take the burden off of the employee to reach out and attempt to ask for feedback, ask for coaching, give passive, uh, provide uh, um, updates to the matrix manager and ask for information and guidance as often as possible. Um, whatever they can do to open lines of communication that normally aren't easily open because they're not the direct boss. Yeah, and, and, and you do that as the direct manager. You get your employee to do that by doing one simple thing, which is simply ask them on a frequent basis to share with you the results of their direct conversations with the matrix manager. Exactly. Yeah, perfect. Um, I, 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 this is an important step, and I think people will miss it. I think they'll say, we'll do all the other things. We'll do the, the operational things. I, I can do the other steps. I can, I can keep track of them and so on. But asking your direct to, to have the burden, and, and, and I actually think it will be a good developmental tool for many of them. Um, it's a little bit tougher to do, but it's really where a lot of the value comes from. All right. Well, we'll stop there and pick up with the conclusion of this conversation next week. Before we go, however, I did want to pass on thanks to many of you that noticed before Mark and I did that Dig has recently implemented a podcasting section on their site. Due to the kind actions of many of our listeners, we're already number one in the podcast business section, so thank you. But as one kind listener suggested, I now get to remind you monthly to not only vote for us at Podcast Alley, which as it's a new month you most surely have already, right, uh, but also ask you to dig us at dig.com. Yeah, it's getting just a little bit harder and harder to be a loyal Manager Tools listener. Seriously, though, for those of you who do take the time to go show your support, Mark and I are truly appreciative. Through your actions, we get introduced to more folks, and we get to share our experience with others and have the joy of helping other managers around the world become more effective at their jobs. So thanks. We really appreciate that. With that, thanks to everyone for listening. And Mark and I hope you look forward to 2007 with the same amount of excitement that uh, Mark and I do. It's going to be a great year, and we sincerely hope that you stick around and enjoy it with us. Happy New Year, everyone, and until next week, so long. <laughs>